this morning on the third hour of today, TikTok twist. In an unprecedented move, one state pushing to ban the popular app over concerns that China could use it to get our personal information. What users need to know? And is this just the beginning of the bans? Then wedding worries. David's Bridal, one of the largest wedding dress suppliers in the U.S., filing for bankruptcy. Potentially, like, my dress gone. It's terrifying, honestly. What happens now? And their message to brides-to-be. Plus, in today's climate, simple swaps around the house that are better for the planet. From blankets to makeup, even a clock that uses water power. And in today's food, you can do it. We're making two simple meals, breakfast and dinner, and all you need is one sheet pan. Today, Tuesday, April 18th, 2023. Live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza, this is the third hour of today. And a good Tuesday morning. Welcome to this third hour of today. And for the first first time in a couple of weeks, I guess. Oh, yeah. Whole gang's oh, back on the table. Yeah. I've we been were here. all here yesterday, but you were in Miami. You were, she, was, she was dancing with Janet. <laughs> that was <laughs> with Janet. Still <laughs> so fantastic. She walked into a standing applause downstairs. It was, I was there. Makeup. I mean, it was. Janet's calling right now. You should yeah. take that. It was surreal. Oh. Janet is, and I know I'm not just saying this. She is lovely, yeah. Uh, and her dancers are lovely, and the crew. And we felt like we were just, we were so welcomed. Well, I mean, you could see was, the two of you vibed. It yeah, was, that was great for sure. This is Al. This is Chanel. Yeah. This is Dylan. <laughs> Thanks I'm for Craig. Well, you can't just assume people are watching us every morning. We might have a first-time viewer this there morning. There you go. Good morning, so, Janet. Thank no, you. I'm just kidding. Uh, it's Tuesday. We're counting down the days until we uh, we take the third hour of today. Hitting the road. That's right. They're not going to send a crew with us. This Friday, we are heading to Sonoma County, California, hosting a huge start today event. First ever. Uh, we're going to see the site, sample some wine, get a taste of Sonoma County. And we're going to bring a few special guests along as well. Make sure you tune in this Friday. Going to be an epic trip. The program and the event both sponsored by Sonoma County. We're taking Arizona. special guests. Yeah. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah, they may already be there. I'm not sure. <laughs> miss that meeting. That's it. This is going to be a surprise to you, too. Yeah. You were on vacation last I'm week. I'm excited. Yeah. There yeah. we go. Uh, all right. We do have a lot to talk about this morning. We're going to start with that new push to crack mm-hmm. down on one of the most popular apps, not just here in the United States, but actually around the world as well. But here, lawmakers in Montana passed a bill to ban TikTok. And they, they passed that bill citing concerns that China could use the app to get pre- people's personal information. If the governor there signs the bill, it would make it illegal to download TikTok in Montana. The state could find TikTok, not the user, but TikTok and mobile app stores, $10,000 a day for providing the app. Wouldn't find any users, though. NBC's tech correspondent Jacob Mm. Ward here to tell us what it all means, how we got to this point, what it could portend uh, for the rest of some of these social media apps. So, Jake, I mean, again, you got 150 million people in this country already on the app. Two questions. What's the driving force behind the band? And why does there seem to be more safety concerns over TikTok than, say, an Instagram or Twitter or even a Facebook? 
Well, what's so interesting here, Craig, is that the safety and security experts that I've spoken to basically say there is no technological difference that would explain this. I mean, the kind of information that TikTok collects about its users is really the same kind of thing that other social media platforms collect. You know, they want to know everything about what you're into, where you are, who you are. So it's not a technological thing. It is, of course, about the ownership structure here. The parent company is a Chinese-owned company, and the relationship between Chinese companies the Chinese government, very different than we have here in the United States, in which there are, in fact, laws on the books that say they have to be able to cooperate with the intelligence services on request. It's that kind of thing that seems to push here. But it is not about TikTok as a product. It seems very much to be about the ownership structure, you guys. So, so Jake, if you if this bill gets signed into law, so when does it take effect? How do, how do they even enforce this? And then do, do we look down the road that there's going to be this patchwork of different bills that are laws that are in uh, all different uh, different states around the country. Well, that's right. I mean, if this continues to go forward, it should, by January 1st, 2024, uh, be uh, in effect in the state of Montana. Now, I should say here that TikTok, of course, objects strenuously to this. They issued a statement to us here at NBC News, and in it, they basically say even the bill's champions say that they do not have a plan to operationalize mm. uh, the uh, attempt to censor American voices and that the bill's constitutionality will be decided by the court. They call this censorship. They say they obviously object to it. Um, you know, but then how will the enforcement work? It's not entirely sure. Yeah. And I will say that the experts I speak to say it may not, in fact, be up to lawmakers to operationalize this. It may very well be that the lawmakers just put this onto TikTok, basically mm -hmm. say you're going to pay a $10,000 a day fine if you are not in compliance here, and they'll have to figure it out. I will wow. say, as a tech correspondent, it does not seem to me beyond any company to basically geofence a group of mm -hmm. Users and say if you're in this physical location, wow. you can't use the app. But you also mentioned here, you know, the possibility that this is going to go on to other states. That's right. I mean, we know at this point Texas is considering something like this. Other states are considering something like this. We could really be looking at a world in which we have a patchwork of laws across the country. Wow. Yeah. All right. And to your point, though, it sounds like this is definitely going to end up in the courts. It sounds mm -hmm. like because if I make my money on TikTok, right? Sure. It's, and that's the thing, yeah. Jake. Thank you, by the way. Yeah. Thank you, Jake. It's not just teenagers doing like wacky dances, right? You companies. have people. Yes. There are companies yes. for advertising. A new influencers who are all make, making uh, money, but also wacky dancers. Not yeah, a wacky yeah, dance. Yeah, I can't rule out the wacky dance. <laughs> right, we'll see what happens. Well, now to a story that's getting a lot of attention this morning. Weddings are already stressful. Well, now, thousands of brides have an additional worry. The chain David's Bridal filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Wow. It puts the future of its 300 U.S. stores in doubt. But the company is telling brides-to-be, as you can imagine, if your bridesmaids' dresses are there, your flower girl dresses, your dress, <laughs> they're telling you not to worry, don't panic. Mm. NBC's Blaine Alexander is live there with more. Good morning to you, Blaine. Well, Chanel, guys, good morning to you. You're absolutely right. Listen, planning a wedding can be stressful enough. We've all done it. And people say that this just adds one more wrinkle to the equation. Now, for so many people, David's Bridal is synonymous with wedding season. In fact, according to the company, one-fourth of all U.S. brides get their bridal gown from David's. Now, the company is emphatic about this. They say there will be no interruption, that brides will get their dresses. But some brides and some wedding planners tell us they are not quite convinced. In the race down the aisle, there are few moments more monumental than finding the perfect dress. Now, this is what you're looking for. Memorize it. 
But this morning, stunning news for one of the nation's most bustling bridal suppliers. David's Bridal is declaring bankruptcy just days after laying off more than 9,000 employees. In the bankruptcy filing, the company points to a dwindling demand for formal wedding attire, noting shifts in consumer behaviors that have led to an overall casualization in wedding events. In a statement to NBC News, David's Bridal says all stores will remain open and we intend to fulfill orders without disruptions or delay. Adding, our customers should not expect to see any change in service. That is little comfort for bride-to-be Allura Sham. Potentially, like, my dress gone, it's terrifying, honestly. She ordered her bridal gown just a couple of weeks ago in Kentucky. Everyone around here, everybody gets their dresses at David's Bridal. This is the second time the wedding super chain has filed for bankruptcy, the first in 2018. One of the company's struggles, competing with boutique shops and online options. Brianna Bard bought her dress at David's. In this generation, people are wanting um, that boutique style um, dress, the look, the overall experience, and I just don't feel like you'll get that at David's Bridal. In a statement, the CEO says the chain is looking for a buyer who can continue to operate our stores going forward. All of it comes at an especially stressful time for brides-to-be. Weddings are quickly becoming more expensive. The average price tag to walk down the aisle, $29,000. That's up nearly $5,000 since before the pandemic. What do you tell a bride at a time like this? Don't panic. Planner Jan Hill has been in the industry for nearly 20 years. She suggests brides always have a backup. Review the contract, contact the store, ask what the policy is, check the specific arrival time for your gown, bridesmaids' dresses. And we talked to experts to get a few more tips for brides who may be navigating this time of uncertainty. One thing that an expert told us is to check other stores, check other places to see if you could find that same style of gown or perhaps even the same gown. It might cost you a little bit more, but again, guys, it would give you that peace of mind. One other tip that a lot of people probably wouldn't think about is get insurance for your bridal gown. It's something that a lot of people wouldn't consider, but certainly could protect in case there is anything that possibly goes wrong. That's a really good idea, Blaine. Still I hadn't thought about dress. that. You want that dress. Oh, yeah. And, and it, a lot of times it takes a while it to takes get that. It takes to get it. That was Thank good. You so Thank much, you, Blaine. Blaine. What Thank a you. nightmare. I know. Okay. Yeah. Well, coming up next, we're going to break down Earth Day by the numbers, sharing how small changes can make a big impact. Then later in our series, The Upside, a different kind of food delivery. Chanel riding along to learn how a new app is helping fight waste and bring food right to the people who need it. it was good. And she was dancing when That's she did right. it. Of course she was. Third hour today, I'll be right back. Here's your food. <laughs> <laughs> This morning, we are looking at Earth Week by the numbers. The 53rd annual Earth Day is this weekend. So we are looking at the environmental impacts of what we eat, what we buy, and how we can do our part for the planet. NBC News business and data reporter Brian Chung is here. Good morning, Brian. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome back. So you're going to break down all the numbers for Earth Day. Let's, let's start with what we eat. Could 
could possibly being a vegetarian kind of save the environment? Yeah, well, diet is so important, and we know that meat is, it takes up so much in resources, mm. right? So the stat I have for you is 5%. That's according to Gallup, the percentage of American adults that consider themselves to be vegetarian. Okay. Now, that's not a huge number, but the other stat I have here that comes from Gallup, it's, uh, or YouGov, 63% say that they eat plant-based meals or incorporate vegetarian meals okay. into their diet, right. right? When I go down to the South, I go to Texas after a lot of barbecue, even mm. I will incorporate like a, a, a week of salads <laughs> Afterwards, right? So I would be in that stat here. 1.2 million meals saved, though. We also have to think about food waste. This statistic comes from Too Good to Go. It's a program that actually recycles by linking businesses together to take food that's about to expire to oh. make sure that it doesn't go to waste. And we all need to do that at a personal level, too. Mm-hmm. Don't put too much onto your plate, literally. Make mm-hmm. sure that you can only eat uh, whatever end, end up you, you, what end up you put on your plate. Good, exactly, right? okay. exactly. So it's good for the body and the environment. Exactly. All right, let's talk about, since we're talking about by the numbers, let's talk about how travel factors into the the environment. Yeah, so emissions are really big, right? Every time we get into our car, 4.6 metric tons annually, that's just your personal car. That's a lot of emissions. So how can we save from that, right? 37%, that's according to Oxford, uh, rather 67% according to Oxford, say you can actually save uh, that emissions by biking instead of driving if you're able to make that commute by uh, by bike, maybe do that. And 37% will be the amount of emissions that you'd save if you took a train instead of flying. Again, not that's always an option, but that's very significant. And by the way, that number is going to get bigger depending on how much farther you're traveling by train. So okay. all these things just kind of tell us that we should be mindful of the modes of transportation. It's <laughs> well. good. So, Brian, okay. when we're shopping, how do we make more sustainable choices? Yeah, a lot of people are like, well, why does shopping matter, right? Yeah. Well, we have a statistic that comes from the IBL report that says 28.2 million tons in carbon would be how much we could save if we reuse recycle not just clothes but also furniture as well a lot of people just they buy from Ikea, going to buy yeah, and then just, they just toss it afterwards yeah. try to pass it down to somebody else 48 percent. this is according to uh, blue yonder say that they're interested in sustainable shopping this could be thrifting for example you mm-hmm. go walk in the east village you can see how many thrift shops there are sure a lot of people are interested in this type of thing. yard sales yard sales as well that's another way to do it in the suburbs 31 percent say that they thrift frequently that's according to blue yonder as well and 25 percent would be the amount of emissions that we could save by buying secondhand, that's according to Thread Up. So thrifting could be cheaper, and it could also be fun. Cute. And makes Macklemore happy. And makes Macklemore <laughs> happy. Yeah, with a big hope. That, that was impressive. Good reference. Good reference. I like that, that was impressive. Okay. Okay. Oh, Al, okay. Uh, so g- give us Brian some top line numbers it. here, Brian, for Earthwood. Yep. What's ten percent? What's the significance of that? Yeah. So ten percent is the amount of Americans that participated in the first Earth Day, yeah. which was in 1970. It's got to so be higher now. It's got to be a lot higher now. But you know, one one thousand six hundred seventy three renewable energy plants, if you include hydroelectric, solar, wind, and others, according to the EPA. So, you know, again, we're being more mindful of just the mix of energy that we're using. And again, uh, we actually have one more big number for all of you guys now to kind of wrap all this up. And you're asking about that 10%. 1 billion, that's how many people now mobilize for action each oh. Earth Day. And that wow. includes, obviously, oh us five. And we should all try to do our part yeah. as we get to oh. Earth Day on Saturday to that's do our great. part uh, to save great. the planet. Here, here's yeah. a number for you. Which, which state oh, in the U.S. Has the mo- produces the most sustainable Renewable energy, renewable energy, wind, solar, stuff like that. Which state? Which state? I'm going to guess. Uh, I would actually guess New York State. I was going to Washington. Washington State. I have no idea. Texas. Texas. What? Texas. Wow. That's a nice really? one. Okay. By the way, great kicks. Oh, thank you. Those are thank great you. Kicks. These, these were not thrifted, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I do have a lot of other thrifted kicks. So. <laughs> but you can donate them. Yeah. I could. I could donate them after. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Thank, you, Brian. Brian, thank you so much. All right. Up next, a different kind of food delivery app. And this one, you're going to like this, Brian. This Ooh. one is trying to eliminate food waste and fight food insecurity at the same time. And I saw 
firsthand the impact they're making. It's phenomenal. So we'll have that for you in just a bit. And then later, we're going green with products to celebrate Earth Day, including the clock that runs on water. The third hour of today will be back in just 60 seconds. We are back with our series, The Upside. There's a good chance you've used one of those food delivery apps, Mm -hmm. but this one is a little different. I recently learned about an organization using an app to not only cut down on food waste, but also make sure that food gets to people who really need it. We are all wired to do good. Our volunteers just keep doing it week on, week off, and it's because they want to. And that gives me hope in the world. In cities all across the country, there are thousands of volunteers who are rescuing food. Fresh food that's being diverted away from landfills in an effort to feed people. And it's all made possible through apps like Food Rescue Hero, founded by food advocate Leia Lizarondo. How did food recovery become um, a passion for you? I read this report that said that we are wasting 40% of our food. 40%? Yes. In this country? In this country. Then it's enough food to feed everyone who's hungry four times over. Launched in 2016, the Food Rescue Hero platform supports food recovery organizations in the U.S. and Canada to help coordinate donations from local retailers. It then mobilizes volunteers to redistribute the food to communities in need. Just last year, their network of partners recovered over 50 million pounds of food. It's like any food delivery app that we use. They get alerted of surplus food where it's happening and they can say, oh, that is close to me. I'll take it. Usually a rescue can be done in, you know, some as quick as 20 minutes, you know, mostly under an hour. The app aims to tackle food insecurity and climate change, where food waste makes up 8% of greenhouse gas emissions. It's the number one component in landfills. Food waste for a country, it will be the third largest emitter of greenhouse gases, third only to the U.S. and China. When you think about how much food waste there is, do you think it's a solvable problem? It's an absolutely solvable problem. We are also, unfortunately, one of the biggest causes of food waste. You know, when we go to the supermarket, when we go to the milk aisle, we'll go to the back of it and not, you know, take the ones in front. Oh my gosh, I feel so seen. I mean, everyone does it. If we change those behaviors, it will lessen the instance of food waste in the first place. Food Rescue Hero is also creating community. You use the word hero as opposed to volunteers. Why? Because they are. And we always think of heroes as it has to be this big act. But I think the real heroic thing is doing something every single day as often as you can. No one sees it. And you're just doing it. So then can I become a food rescue hero? Oh, absolutely. Now I would love to introduce Colleen to you. Hi, Colleen. Nice She's to meet you. one of our amazing food rescue heroes. So can I rescue with you? Absolutely. Show me how this works. So you just go to the app. We're going to claim the rescue. And we get in the car and we start moving. Okay. Here we go. Today's rescue, picking up prepared foods from a local hospital. Just pick it up. Yeah. Just pick it up. It's amazing. Meatloaf, chicken. So you work, you've got three kids, why do this? I see the need for it and I want to emulate it for my kids. And this simple task 
30 minutes, maybe an hour out of my day, is going to help feed our neighbors. Final stop, Oasis, a social services organization that serves women and children in Patterson, New Jersey. I just want to say thank you. The fresh fruits and produce that you bring are absolutely gold to our community here who really don't have access to that. I'm so happy you like introduced this to me. This is so <laughs> wonderful. So good. Aww. That's brilliant. It's such a great idea. So a food rescue hero is is working to be in 100 cities by 2030. So you need the cities, you need the people to agree to, mm-hmm. to do sure, this. Sure. Um, special thanks to Table to Table for letting me tag along. They've rescued, they call it rescued, over 1 million pounds of food. This is just in northern New Jersey alone since using the Food Rescue Hero app for a year. So you have an organization who says, you know what, we love to donate food. Sure. Yeah. But we need a conduit. We need help. Right. right. So then the organization teams up with this app. App, if yeah. you will. And so all you have to do as a volunteer is just open your app yeah. and it tells you. Empowered by people who have the excess that, food yes. and the volunteers. Yes. And by the way, that's a great exercise to do with your small children. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Your children. And she does it after she drops off one of her kids to school. She has some downtime before she works. Yeah. So she just opens the uh-huh. app. That's a great where idea. She can, where Could she I can introduce help? it? Like, there's a market in my neighborhood. Can I, I think ask them if they want to join that. They app? probably would be jumping for joy right now yeah. hearing you say that. I think once we start talking more about it, you see how much food at the end of the day, grocery that stores, the waste. restaurants. Yeah. Yep. That's yep, amazing. we can donate it to wow. shelters huh. and all these other places. That was a terrific so. story. Yeah. And it's still fresh food. Fresh food? Exactly. Oh, my gosh, the, the fruit and the produce mm-hmm. that we took to that. Download the app, y'all. If you're good. watching or listening, download yeah. the app. When, when Craig breaks out the y'all, you know it's That's true. serious. <laughs> That's right. Actually, for <laughs> just ahead, we're uh, keeping the green theme going with some product swaps that are better for our planet, like toothpaste that doesn't come in a tube. Well, that could be messy. Then later, Lucy Boynton and Kelvin Harrison Jr. on bringing a true musical story to the big screen. Third hour of today, we'll be right back. This morning and today, climate, some simple ways to go green in our own homes. We're, We're showing you some very planet-friendly swaps for products that we use every day. And helping us do that, lifestyle expert Amy E. Goodman is with us. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome back, Amy. Good morning. Lovely to be here. I always love the products you have for us. And we're starting off with a non-toxic nail polish. Mm. I didn't realize nail polish was toxic. They are actually, there's something called like 10 free. So this is from Sundays. And the 10 free means it's free of 10 common chemicals that are found in old school nail polishes. Like formaldehyde and camphor and a whole bunch of others I can't even pronounce. Okay. Plus, these are vegan and cruelty-free. They come in a hundred different shades. Um, they just came out with a new pearlescent line as well. Really beautiful. Plus, the creator, Amy Lynn, yeah. also wanted to make it really wellness. So it has moisturizing agents, essential Ooh. oils, vitamins, Ooh. so that your nails totally shine. I love that. Now, this next one, this is this is our Roker shade. Yeah. <laughs> that one right there. There are I 10 think you're throwing shade. shades, right? Um, from Rose Ink, they are. Refillable. Yes, refillable. Have you ever heard of refillable? Oh, so much sense because yes. you waste so much packaging. So when you're done, you simply pop out oh. the cartridge when you're done. You would do a little bit of cleaning action here yeah, as well. Okay. When you get the refill, by the way, and the whole thing is 28 in. but the refill is $18 to encourage you. You pop it back in. And this is from Rose that. Ink. It does mm. come in 10 beautiful neutral shades that mm. look great on a whole bunch of variety of yeah. different skin tones. And so their entire sense. company, the whole beauty company, is a green company and a Leaping Bunny certified. So you know that these are all very pure, mm. great, natural products with long-lasting staying power, ladies, 24-hour mm. moisturization, right. oh. and also a little plumping action in there. I love that. I've noticed these in a hotel. Yes. Have you seen this? And now you can have it in 
your own shower. Have you ever walked into your shower and you're like, there's six or seven plastic bottles? Yep. Yep. Yes. Uni is on a mission to change that. So this is their complete suite of wonderful hydrating and moisturizing body care things from shampoo, conditioner, body wash, hand wash, and there's a body serum right here. It comes with the pump on the top. Mm -hmm. So when you're done, you then simply take the pump, you save it, Uh and this is an aluminum container that you send back to the company. You send it back? They refill it and send it back to you. It is a closed loop system, which I love. By the way, it smells amazing. It's made with a marine complex, Australian super plants that are really going to moisturize your body. Well, it's a unisex scent, Mm -hmm. and also, of course, kind of Australian-based, so reef safe as well. It's very nice. That's really nice. I think this is the future. I do. And it just comes out so easily. And it looks good in your bathroom. It'll be nice and sleek. Your bathroom will look like a hotel. Speaking of the future, getting rid of toothpaste tubes. Yes. So this is from Bite, and it's an acronym that stands for Because It's the Earth. They are a sustainable personal care brand where literally the bites themselves, these are toothpaste tablets that you bite onto, you use a wet toothbrush, and that creates the foaming toothpaste in your mouth. So it's well, it's, well, it's not really toothbrush. right. It's not really a mint, so I don't want to use it like a mint. You do have this. It's not a mint, Dylan. So it's all natural. It's vegan. It's cruelty free. Then you'll notice it's not that, the, stop her. that the I'm tempted. And actually, we had uh, Dave actually tried it earlier. He's still alive to yeah. tell the tale, okay, and it's refreshing good. for the mouth. Well, you know, and when you're traveling, if you're yeah. uh, you know, you don't I have to worry this. about the liquid. The three, uh, yeah. the three, three point ounces. four ounces. Yeah, exactly. And of course, this is glass, right? So it is a you know zero waste here, which is fantastic. Get refills? Um, yes, you can get refills. So this is last you a month. This will last you uh, four months. So when you chew it, does it like lather? Yeah, it creates a Why very light, like a toothpaste action. Huh. It's, it's well, just like toothpaste, it's but like it's like toothpaste. a... No, it's all right, no, sure I'm popping one. I'm popping one. It's, popping one. it's, it's going to do it. Okay. Gonna do it. All right. This water runs clock. on water? This clock? Yes. This is from Bidal. This is a water clock, so That's there's cool. no batteries, you no chemicals. No electric... Eventually, I, I will spit. Oh, Not God. on camera. Not on camera. <laughs> and uh, so then you refill this with water only two times a year. So maybe like daylight savings time. Uh-huh. There's no electricity. It actually uses the water to create the technology to create its own energy. That's from Bidal. Remember the science project you used to do when they put the potato... It would, you would create a circuit with yeah, it. Exactly. The two well, meteorologists, very, you guys it's, yeah, exactly. The meteorologists. Yeah, exactly. The meteorologists. Yeah, like, I got mine. Tell us about this. Yes, That's you'll cool. handle that for me That's since I've got the uni on my hands. This is from Unhide. They are on a mission to have this beautiful, I love this. vegan, cruelty-free, super soft, faux fur product. So they've got mm. blankets and slippers like and robes. Brown. These are Ow. very lightweight because I would never bring you a heavy blanket. Oh, that's nice. This is delightful. Oh, that is nice. And three different, you know, styles, but I love the tent. And it's like colors. light. Yes, but yet. That's your color, too. Slightly yeah. over Thank two you. pounds. Here's a fun fact about Dylan Dreyer. Yes. She can't watch people brush their teeth. Yeah, I know. And we're both <laughs> she gets nauseous. You have three boys. That's right. Well, it's, and you, it's and I smell All it. All right. Oh, well, now I'm like wondering how you're going to spit. Yeah, well, don't, don't worry about it. After, okay. after camera. After. Well, <laughs> we'll give you a break, a chance to do that in just a second, Amy, because now here's how you can learn more. Need help making a difference? Hey Siri, how can I reduce my carbon footprint? When we okay. come up, James Brown, you have That's what I said. Ow! Ow! Uh, when we come back, a little known story about another trailblazing <laughs> musician. Lu- Lucy Boynton, Kevin Harrison Jr., live to tell us about Chevalier. Then later, like one sheet, two meals. You've never seen James, the godfather oh, of weather. That is not. <laughs> get in the hot tub. Too hot. Woo. The godfather. We're going to make sheet pancakes <laughs> and a like, quesadilla dinner as well. It looks like his back went out. That's what that looks like. <laughs> the godfather of weather. Oh, oh I dance with Janet Jackson. Oh, I know what to do. Oh. <laughs>
are so excited this morning to catch up with two actors who are bringing a true musical story to the big screen. Lucy Boynton starred in Bohemian Rhapsody opposite Rami Malek and the hit series The Politician yes. with Ben Platt. And Kelvin Harrison Jr. played blues legend B.B. King mm. in Elvis, was terrific mm-hmm. in that, won a Screen Actors Guild for his role in The Trial of the Chicago 7. Well, now the two of them have joined forces. They're together in Chevalier. It's a story of composer and violinist Joseph Boulogne. Boulogne defied the odds and rose to the ranks of French society, even befriending Queen Marie Antoinette. And he's setting his sights on a big goal. Lucy, yes. Kelvin, welcome, welcome. <laughs> so, I mean, this this is a story that, best I can gather, pairs two folks together. Obviously, we know a little bit about Marie Antoinette, but we don't know a little bit about the other character. He seems to have been lost to history. For folks who aren't familiar with the story, give us a little, little backstory and tell us a little bit more about the relationship between your two <laughs> characters. Um, I mean, yeah, the film follows the rise of Joseph Bologna, who who has been widely neglected from the history book. Yeah. So it was so exciting to get this kind of in-depth education. He was a rock star of that of that era, and and was excellent in every area of his life that he. I'm just explaining your character but in, <laughs> in every area of his life that he that he dedicated himself to, and I think that's why someone like Marie Antoinette was Sorry. so gravitated towards him because he was just yeah the epitome mm. of excellence. So you're playing a real character in history, but you can't just you know Google it and find YouTube videos to find his <laughs> mannerisms and all that sort of stuff. So how did you do your research and, and figure out how mm. to portray him? Well, one of my favorite things about the script that Stephanie wrote, um, Stephanie Robinson, our writer, um, she put this opening and she was like, it's like Clapton versus Jimi Hendrix. Mm. So I was like, okay, well, we're going to go that direction. <laughs> I was like, then we're going to find more contemporary references. So I talked to Stephen and we found like Prince felt like the best comp for Joseph of the time. Like the way we look at Prince, the way we just find his sex appeal, his androgyny, his like his musicianship, his, his like determination to just be himself. I was like, that's Joseph in that moment. So I kind of just looked up YouTube videos of Prince though. <laughs> Which isn't a bad pastime anyway. Uh, so then it's um, on the other end of the spectrum, Lucy, I kind of feel like, you know, you're playing someone that has been so widely portrayed and dissected over the years. How did you approach doing this? Kind of read everything that I could get my hands on and went really wide with it all. And then, I mean, I think what's interesting again about this script is that it's just such a new context for Marie Antoinette. We've never seen her in this kind of circumstance before where the walls are really closing in on her and she has to, she operates very much out of a place of fear and Mm. pragmatism. And so the beginning of the film, we do see that kind of fizziness that we've seen of her before. And then it goes into a much darker Mm. territory. So Mm. it was exciting to kind of, to do something new. So, Kelvin, you come from a, a musical background and family, but this role, you know, required some really intense violin training. How did you approach that? Well, I called my dad. I was like, <laughs> my dad's a classical music teacher and a musician. Oh, I was awesome. just like, yeah, and I was like, dude, all right, so here we go. They want me <laughs> He's to like, this, finally. Don't for the Chevalier, dude. Do you know him? He didn't know him. Shame on him. Wow. But, um, <laughs> but he was like, okay, well, you know, it takes me six months to teach one student a concerto, so I don't know how you're going to do this. But he got, we came up with a system, five months, seven days a week, six wow. hours a day. Wow. And we just stayed on track, and we oh kind of, you know. We, seven days a week, seven, six hours a day? That's crazy. I, listen, I hated the violin when I was done. <laughs> We've got a picture of you. We have one right now. No, I'm just kidding. We have yeah. a picture of you uh, as a young lad playing violin. Oh. Look at that. Oh. So I knew I liked you. <laughs> you know he played violin. Know liked, uh, you know, Kelvin, uh, take a look at a picture of a, another violin, young violin player. Oh, wow. Uh, why is your respect? Why is that reaction? Oh, wow. It's the turtleneck for me. 
We should play together at some point. Yeah, we'll do a duel. He put that picture up every chance we get. But you know what, though? I love your reaction. The turtleneck and what she just said. The knowing, what'd you say? The knowing expression. It's what the kids say. It's the turtleneck for me. It's the turtleneck. I love it. I love it. And Lucy, before we go, you're an avid reader, and you're bringing the number one New York Times bestseller one day in December to TV both as actor and executive Ooh, producer. Yes, yeah, which is terrifying and thrilling. Um, it's directed by Drake Doremus and adapted by Drake Doremus, who um, handles love stories with this beautiful kind of brutal honesty but hopefulness. So I'm so excited to be joining him and telling that How story. How exciting. Well, Lucy, Kelvin, thank you so, so much. You guys are thank fine. You. By the way, now, you know, it's not a turtleneck, but this thing you got working I'm here. Saying, that is I know. beautiful. We're here so for much. And then yeah. he sat down. You remember what he said? He's like, I doodled it myself. <laughs> <laughs> and then he was like, I lied. I lied. He's Tom Brown, but you know. Uh, <laughs> as a parting gift, we've got some bite toothpaste for you. <laughs> Chevalier hits theaters this Friday, April 21st. Thank you, guys. Thank you both. Thank, Thank you. you. All right, coming up next, one pan is all you need to make two delicious meals, including sheet pan quesadillas. Dinner is taken care of tonight. You don't want to go away. We'll be right back. Yeah. <laughs> today food and this morning we are whipping up two quick delicious meals with almost no mess food entrepreneur and author rachel mansfield is known for her easy better for you cooking demos on social media and she is here to make sheet pan pancakes which feels like you could just say sheet pancakes right yes. quesadillas Okay. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, I'm intrigued. Well, I have to Thanks say, I follow you on Instagram. I literally save your recipes every single day. Aww, and I, they're just, they're great for kids. They're great for families. And this is like so simple Thank too. Thank you. That makes me so happy. Well, that Thank you so much. Oh, that was so sweet. You like gush over people. No, I, I okay. think it's sweet. Okay. Okay. I think it's great. It's Thank great you. with, no, this is Let's get started, You've got a secret ingredient for this. We do. So today we're doing two sheet pan meals as a way to like switch up the usual sheet pan meal. So <laughs> not just throw like a protein and veggies on. First, we're going to do sheet pan pancakes. Okay. So you're going to grate some zucchini. Yes, ma'am. Which side of the, of the grater would you like the to do? The larger one. With the holes. Thank okay. you for asking. Oh, no. This, yeah, this side like this. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, why are we so feisty today? He's feisty every day. You might ask like why sheet pan pancakes? Well, I was just about to ask and then this zucchini is throwing me too. Okay. So I got a four, I have a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and then a, a four-month-old. Oh, and wow. I try to like put veggies in as many meals as I can. Whole zucchini? This is why. I, yeah, you can have okay. the whole zucchini. I am. And the zucchini, they don't know what's there. Right. So, Sneaking and the sheet pan pancakes, you know, I could stand at the skillet for 10, 15 minutes making a whole batch of pancakes, but instead you make the pancake batter, pour it into a sheet pan, mm -hmm. bake it in the oven, and then you're not standing there the whole time. Okay. Right. And then it's also annoying when you're eating pancakes and then they're getting cold. They're not all served at the same time. Mm -hmm. So when you're That's adding, true. right? So I've when you're done, adding the okay. zucchini in, the most important part is that when you put it into, put it in a dish towel get or a paper towel, get the water out. Mm -hmm. So we're going to take this. You want to squeeze it? Sure. Okay, Absolutely. great. I love having some helpers with me. <laughs> yeah. So squeeze all of the water out. And then we're going to There's not a whole add, lot of water. I think it's already been squeezed out. Yeah, yeah probably. Yeah, yeah, they already squeezed it out. It's been pre-squeezed. Pre and then we'll put it right into oh, the yes, batter. Mm -hmm. And what's the batter? Is con it's cons it consists of two eggs. So the batter has eggs, milk, oil, and some vanilla. So you'll also notice there's no added sugar. If you Excuse want to make me, it sweeter, I'm here. you can do and, some and what coconut kind of, sugar and maple What kind of flour is this? This is almond flour. So well, these um, are gluten-free. Mm -hmm. So all these recipes are gluten-free. Um, I make like 99% of my recipes are gluten-free. Mm -hmm. 
So I love almond Curious. flour because it's a little bit more nutrient dense and it adds a little bit of protein, healthy fat, and it's a great option for a gluten-free flour. So and you would have this for breakfast? Right. Yep, so we'll add this. And then you Try mix this. it all together. Mm-hmm. And then you'll add it into the baking sheet and then pa- bake it in the oven for so about 20, all, 25 minutes. On that sheet. That's awesome. Yeah. And if you don't want zucchini, you don't have to add it. No one's making you do no, it. No, but you That's can't right. taste it. No judgment. No, you can't. It's not like eating zucchini bread, though. Like, you like zucchini yeah. cake. Oh, so, you got something all over your back. And oh. <laughs> you can add oh, other mixings. Delicious. <laughs> other and with mixings the chocolate chips, the kids don't realize it's like. Chocolate chips, you could add blueberries, mm-hmm. really. And my kids like helping me make it too, which is great. So you just put it in the pan for we how long? Make sure we get so to that's the, 20, 25 minutes. She's the quesadillas. Here. Yeah. Okay. So then we're also making sheet pan quesadillas. So my four year old loves quesadillas. He asks them for dinner all the time. But again, I'm standing at the stove. Right. Yeah, five to mm-hmm. six quesadillas to feed all of us. Ow. So instead, I line a baking sheet. I use whatever protein we have on hand. You can okay. get rotisserie okay. chicken to even okay. make a little like pack. Mm-hmm. Take some chicken. Cover it on top of the like uh, tortilla. Chicken? Yeah, and you can use ground beef. You can use ground turkey. Anything you have. Add some veggies, Ooh, cheese. Yeah. I've never done a, 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 what do you call it? Quesadilla. In the, the, in the oven. Hack. In the it oven. Is. And have I've you ever done making... quesadillas on the stove? Well, my kids eat quesadillas like, because oh, wow. it's every day. That's all they care. Quesadillas. And then you'll cheese. cover it with some more tortillas. Oh, wow. oh The peppers and onions. Mm-hmm. Very good. Thank oh, that's you. delicious. And you drizzle a little oil on top. Bake it in the oven like 375 for about easy. 15 to 20 minutes. And your dinner is served. And also, what I like about this is you wouldn't expect it, but it does reheat well. So if you have leftovers, you could have it the next day. So you top it with the tortillas, but then you brush it. What do you brush it with? A little oil. All the good stuff. So you cover it with the tortillas. And if you're not gluten-free, you could use regular flour tortillas. Mm. You know what? These are really good. I'm not gluten-free, but first of all, you You can't even even tell. Thank you so much. They're delicious. I don't even know. Fantastic. Okay, these recipes, head to today.com slash food. You have to try them. It's easy. By the way, your husband is so well-dressed. Can we show him, Bob? That is a well-dressed man. That is Amy's husband. They've got three kids. Three kids. That's impressive. Rachel's husband. Rachel's husband, I'm sorry. Amy, it's two segments ago. That was Amy Goodman, okay. Wow. This is good. Suddenly Amy Goodman's got an extra husband. <laughs> we'll be right back. Uh, this is really good. We couldn't let that thank outfit you. go without being shown. Hey, tomorrow on the third hour of today, Oscar winner Rachel Vice live in Studio 1A. Coming up on Hoda and Jenna, another Oscar winner, Quest Love is stopping by. Hey, we love Quest. No, we I do. know we God, do. Love we do. We'll see you back here tomorrow, y'all. Have a great day. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Yeah, it was like...